Welcome to the Urban Church Podcast. If you would like more information about Urban, please visit our website at lifeaturban.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the message. Today we're going to talk about living life in the red zone. That there is a red zone for life. What is that red zone? That red zone is simply having an understanding that our destiny or our eternity is being determined right now. Okay? That every morning when you wake up, God wants you to live life in the red zone. God wants you to live life as, as you're about ready to score. Okay? That literally everything we do should be done with purpose. It's, it's where we begin to change our approach to life. Okay? Just like the football team that begins to change their approach so they can cross that goal line and get in and score the touchdown. God wants us to live in a place where we begin to change things up. I don't know what you've been doing till now. Um, but God is beginning to speak to you to change some things up so that literally every day, not only do you experience God more, but your life helps other people experience God more, okay? Living life in, in the red zone. Uh, it's the place where God wants us to live because it's the greatest opportunity to score. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to read to you from the New Living Translation, and it says this in verse 24, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? In case you didn't know it, You're in a race, okay? That's why we're called the human race. Anyway, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. Okay, well, hopefully we all do. So run to win. This is the exhortation of Paul to the church at Corinth. Man, we're in a race, and since you're in the race, let's run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. Everything I do in life has purpose. Every, every interaction I have with somebody, every conversation I have with somebody, uh, man, the, where I spend my money, how I, everything I do has purpose. I'm not just shadow boxing or, or punching at the air. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Turn to uh, Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Verse 9. It says this, Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, And uprightly he wrote words of truth. Verse 11. The words of the wise are like goads and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, be aware of anything beyond these. Of making of many books there is no end. And much study is weariness to the flesh. Verse 13. The end of the matter. All has been heard. Here's the end of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Let's pray. God, we thank You for Your Word today. God, we thank You that Your Word is, is awesome. God, it's living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray in the next few moments that we have together that, God, You would, uh, Lord, you would, you would confront us. Uh, God, you would, you would encourage us. And, God, we would walk out of this place, God, just knowing You more and living a life full of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Living life in the red zone. We, we started the series two weeks ago um, and just kind of highlighted a few things. How can you live life in the red zone? 
And a couple of things we highlighted were, were this. Number one, in order to live life in the red zone, uh, you've got to be prepared. Okay? You've got to prepare yourself. In, in that preparation, we talked about character. It's your character that God cares about. Okay? The Bible says that God, uh, a man looks on the, uh, the outside, but God looks on the inside. God cares what's taking place on the inside of you. God cares more about your character. God cares more about the inside. And we, and we brought reference to that because, see, we could do a lot of things that make ourselves look like Christ followers. Uh, we could do a lot of things that make ourselves look like good people. Okay, but, but none of that really matters unless the content of our character, the content of our heart, that uh, we're people after Jesus Christ. Are you with me this morning? Okay? And this is how we live life in the red zone, by preparation of our character. Uh, the next thing we talked about is as how do we live life in the red zone? We live life in the red zone just like the team does, just like the football team does, by knowing the playbook. Okay? And the playbook is what? The playbook is the Bible. It's the Word of God. If you don't know this, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be very hard for you to live life in the red zone, okay? we got to know the playbook. Look, think about the football team that goes out. They aren't just pulling things out of the air. They have a playbook that they go, go by. They have plays that get them down the field, and then when they get to the red zone, man, let's go to the red zone plays, and they want to score a touchdown. It's the same way in life. We have got to know the playbook, and listen to me. I've read it. I'm going to keep reading it. I try to read through it every year. Okay? Why do I do that? Because I want to know the playbook. And guess what? The Bible says that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. That God takes care of every part of you. God cares about your finances. Guess what? There's principles in the Word of God that will teach us how to be good stewards of our finances, which we're going to talk about next week. Okay? It deals with relationships. Okay? It deals with, with, with friendships of, of how I can be a good friend, how I can be a good father, how I can be a good husband. Okay? And everything you need is right here in the playbook. And then we talked about how do you live life in the red zone. You have got to listen to the coach. Okay? Okay? Uh, just like, just like uh, the quarterback on, on the football field. Man, he has that little speaker right here, and the coach is talking to him. Okay? Guess what you and I have? We have the Holy Spirit talking to us. Okay? And the Bible says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. But the thing gets back to this. The Holy Spirit's calling out plays to run. But you don't know the playbook, so you can't run, run the plays. Man, you've got to prepare yourself, have good character. Uh, you have got to, you've got to literally begin to memorize the playbook, and then you better be listening to the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about living life in the red zones when it comes to relationships. And I got so, many, so much feedback uh, from this, some good, some bad. Some people just need Jesus, okay? Um, I got so much feedback from this. I got feedback from married couples. I got feedback from single people. And some people, I push their buttons, but it goes back to the old saying, uh, if you got buttons to push, they're going to get pushed. Are you with me? Okay? And, uh, man, we talked about relationships. We had some great conversations over the last week about, about living life in the red zone relationally. Well, today, I want to talk to you about living life in the red zone spiritually. Living life in the red zone spiritually. Because, as it says in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, Listen, we can do a lot of things in life. We can accomplish a lot of good. Matter of fact, the Bible says this in Luke 9, 24. What does it profit a man or a woman, okay? What does it profit you if you were to gain the whole world, but you were to lose your soul? Have you ever seen that bumper sticker that says, he who uh, dies with the most toys wins? You ever seen that one before? It's been around for a while. I saw one right after that said, he who dies with the most toys still dies. <laughs> still going to die. Okay, but if you have lots of toys and you want to leave them to somebody, I have no objections. Okay. You're still going to die. 
What does the Bible say? The Bible says, it says this in Ecclesiastes. Hey, hear the whole heart of the matter. Here's, here's the point of life. Look, you can accumulate a lot of things. Man, there's going to be a lot of books read. You can do a lot of studying. Uh, you can do a lot of stuff, but here's the, whole, here's, the, here's the whole point. You've got to be in relationship with God. You've got to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Have him as your Savior. This is man's all. If not, ladies and gentlemen, everything else is pointless. Everything else is meaningless. The end of the day, are you thinking about your spirituality? Here's something we need to understand. Uh, when we were created, we were created uh, in the likeness and image of God, okay? In Genesis, it says this. It says, let us create man in our own image. Who is the us? It's a capital U in your Bible. Who is us? Let us create man in our own image. Us is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Trinity. He's a triune being, and we were created in his likeness and in his image, which tells me this. We are a triune being. We were created spirit, soul, and body, okay? Now, if you're, not, if you're, if you're here today, maybe you're not, you're not on a spiritual path, okay? Maybe you're like, okay, whatever, that's the Bible. Okay, well, even psychologists have broken it down. I'm a psychology major. Even psychologists have broken it down into three parts, okay? They break it down into the id, <laughs> and I was a psychology major, and I still don't know what that is. Uh, they, they broke it down in the ego, which a lot of us have too much of, and then they broke it down into the, I'm just kidding, and they broke it down into the super, they broke it down into three parts. You are made up of these three parts. You can't escape it. Why? Because God created us as a triune being. We have spirit, that's the part that connects with God and has the ability to connect with God. You have your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, okay? And then lastly, you have this tall, dark, and handsome, well, at least mine's tall, dark, and handsome. You have the body, you, at least my, that's what my wife tells me, so I'm going to go with what she says. So. <laughs> I don't care what the rest of you say. I'm married happily. What she says counts. So. And you have your body, the shell. This is the part that people see, and so we're made up of spirit, soul, and body. Now, here's the thing. Too often in life, we reverse that. See, when God created you, he created you spirit, soul, and body. And if you understand Scripture, man, the body is going to pass away. Okay, and the body, as a matter of fact, your body every year is in the process of passing away. Okay, just look back at some old pictures, all right? And this thing right here, man, it's not eternal. It's not going to last forever. Man, you can nip it, tuck it, do whatever you want. Listen to me, okay? It is going to fade away. This ain't coming with you anywhere once you die, okay? This is going to fade away. The soul, man, the mind, will, and the emotions, man, God gave you that part, and he wants that to be a part of who you are. Okay, but God intended you. What's the Bible say? We walk by faith, not by sight. In other words, we walk according to the, our spirit, not according to our soul. But there's too many people that are living life by their emotions. <laughs> okay? And, man, if you live life by your emotions, that is a scary place to live. Because one day you're up, the next day you're down. <laughs> and the next day you're further down. <laughs> Okay? Spirit, soul. But we flip that in life. And we live life, body, soul, spirit. Think about it. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? You take care of this right here. Now, that's a good thing. We need to take care of that, okay? But we take care of the body, okay? We prepare the body, okay? You know, we, we, we get in the shower, we shave, we, we put makeup on. Well, I mean, the girls put makeup on. I mean, maybe the guys, I don't wear makeup, Okay? But we put makeup on, we shave, we do all that stuff, we prepare the body, get it looking just, woo! Okay? We do all those things, okay? And then what happens next? What do you begin to do? You begin to think about your day. 
and the things you need to accomplish and the things you need to take care of. And all of a sudden now stress sets in and now, <laughs> and you're overwhelmed and you're, what is that? That's your soul, okay? And then all of a sudden if we have time, then we find, we find, we find a place for, oh, you know, that, that spirit part of me. Hmm, I, I, I should probably take some time for that. Yeah, body, body, no, spirit, soul, and body, that's right. I should probably take some time for that. We, we've got this wrong. We've got this, this backwards. We, 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 need, we need to rearrange things, okay? Because this thing here, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, you know, it, it, it's, 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 it's every day, it's, it's going bye-bye. <laughs> but every day you live, your spirit is getting closer to eternity. And what are you doing to prepare your spirit? Here's the tragedy. Most people think about, about their spirituality on three occasions. The first one is this is death. We, 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 we are on our deathbed. We're about ready to, to die. And all of a sudden now, uh, uh, you know, the body don't matter so much anymore. Okay? What do we begin to think? We begin to think about where am I going to spend it? So we begin to think about our spiritual state when we're confronted with death. The second time people think about their spirituality is, is when they're in a crisis. Something happens, and all of a sudden the direction is, 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 is turned. I got, I got to, you know, wh- wh- who, who can I contact? Who can I cry out to? Okay, my friend can't help me with this. My mom and dad can't help me. What do we mean? We begin to think about our spirituality and who we're connecting with. The third time we begin to think about it, which this one just boggles my mind, is when we begin to start a family. So three, three, three times in people's life they begin to think about their spirituality, Okay. When they begin to start a family. Why? They, they, they get married and they begin, well, we're going to have a family. How are we going to raise our kids? We should probably start going, taking them to church. That's great, okay? But here's the thing, is you don't reproduce what you want, you reproduce who you are. And if you have not been involving spirituality in your life, no matter how much you really want to when your kids come around, you're probably not. And I've seen people, man, yeah, we're starting a family, you know, and we're going to think about where we're going to go to church and all this stuff. And, and so they begin to talk about it and think about it, and then the child's born, and they never go. And then 17 years later, they're still talking about how they... This is the most important part. This is essential. Hear the whole heart of the matter, the writer says in Ecclesiastes. All this other stuff, man, it, it don't matter. If you want to live life in the red zone spiritually, here's what you got to do, Okay? And so let's, let's just talk about it real quickly. If we're going to live life in the red zone spiritually, here's, here's some things we need to know, okay? And I'm just going to give four things to you real quick and then jump back to the first one and, and talk about it a little bit. One, you've got to understand relationship. Because we're in a relationship with God, Okay? So we've got to understand that principle relationship. And here's the thing, is that it doesn't matter what, what nation you travel to. It doesn't matter what culture you're in. Every culture, every nation has a belief in a God. Why is that? Because there's something intuitive inside us. What is it? It's the spirit man. It's the spirit part of us that wants to connect with God. And so it doesn't matter what nation you go to, what culture you're in, there is a belief in a God. Okay? Now, I know there are those people that, that, that say, I don't believe in anything. But when you look at cultures as a whole, there is a God there that people are longing to connect with, okay? Now, here's the thing about, about spirituality, okay, that, that, just, that, that, that just gets me sometimes, is that people get upset with me for being passionate about what I believe because I believe the Bible to be true. How about you? <laughs> I believe it to be true to every word. So when it says that Jesus Christ is the way, truth, the life, he's the only way, truth, and the life, Okay? 
I mean, when a football team's going down the field, there, there's really only, I mean, maybe you can run a, maybe you can run a, a running play or, or maybe you can run a passing play or whatever, but there's only one way you score, by getting the ball across the line. Even when they kick a field goal, the ball's got to go across. <laughs> You're only going to score. If the ball don't go across, they're going to go through the uprights. Are you with me? Okay. And so people get upset with me, though. This is what boggles my mind. People get upset with me. You really believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, the only life? Yes, I do. They're like, well, I don't, I don't believe that. Well, I'm just passionate about what I believe, you know? Well, I, I just don't believe. I said, well, what do you believe? They, well, I believe there's many paths to God, except for mine, apparently. <laughs> you believe there's many paths to God except for my path, which says that Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, the life. And they call me narrow-minded, and they get upset with me. How is it that if I believe this, I'm narrow-minded, but if they believe that, they're not? Are you guys following me? Okay, because here's the way I look at it, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Let's just say I'm in conversation, and I believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life, which I do, and they believe that there's many paths to God, okay? Let's just say I'm right and they're wrong, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life, only way, and I live my life like that. Guess what? When it all comes to an end... I win. But let's just say I'm wrong. And they're right. And there's many paths to God. At the end of the day, when it's all over, I still win. Because there's many paths to God. Are you with me? Okay. And so I don't know about you, but if you're a gambling person, right here. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't lose. Fine, you go ahead. Believe there's many paths to God. Either way, I win. <laughs> Either way. We've got to understand relationship because it's who we're in relationship that, that directly reflects who we are. Have you ever seen a, a couple that's been married for a long time? And, and I, I like to think me and my wife have been married for a long time. It's been 13 years. And I guess, you know, statistically now that's actually a pretty long time. Okay? Good job, baby. Wow, I'm happy. 13 years. Come on, somebody. Have you ever seen a couple that's been married for a long time and you look at them and they kind of look the same? It's like they're morphing into one, you know? It's, you know, it's like you go to talk. I go to talk to my mom. I'm like, hey, Dad. I mean, Mom. You know, they're just like, wow, okay? You know what I'm talking about? They've been married for a really long time, and you see them, and when you see one, you see the other, even if the other isn't there. Why is that? And it's not so much that they actually look alike, okay? It's not that my hair is long and flowy and I'm beautiful, okay? You, but it's, what is it? It's, it's the meshing of character, but the only way you can get that character of one another is being in relationships. So number one is relation. Number two, you've got to understand character. And character flows from who you are in relationship with. Okay? Thirdly, after character, you, you begin to discover your, your function. I'm in relationship. I get character out of character. Woo! I discover who I am. Okay? What I'm to do with my life. Okay? But how many of you know that all of that's great, but unless it gets to number four, reproduction... None of it matters, okay? I'm in relationship with God. Man, I take on his character. I, 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 I take on his likeness and his image, and now I know, okay, here's what I'm supposed to do. Go make disciples out of all nations. Okay, that's what I'm supposed to do, but it never happens until I step out and begin to reproduce it and begin to do it. Reproduction only comes through relationship. This is how you can live life in the red zone spiritually, understanding these four things. But I want to go back to number one, relationship, because ladies and gentlemen, this is where we miss it sometimes. Because we complicate what spirituality is. We think spirituality is this mystic path that we must get on to, to find some higher purpose in life. Okay? 
Now, spirituality, break it down. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, end of the day. Man, all of this study, all of the philosophy, all the doctrine, all the stuff, all the things we do, guess what? It all has to boil down to I have a relationship with him. That's spirituality. As I'm in relationship with my creator, I'm in relationship with God. That is spirituality at its simplest form. It's not this mystic path where I'm trying to, I've got to go on a one-year journey and travel around the world to try to find, you know, what I believe. No, that's just a long vacation. And I'm jealous. <laughs> okay? Spirituality, man, is just I'm in connection with God. I'm in relationship with Him. Because, see, here's, here's, the Christian, here's an example of the Christian walk. The Christian walk is like a river. Okay? And a river has two things that make it a river. It has the river bed with the banks. Okay? And it has water flowing through it. Okay? Here's what I've learned. If, if, if you just have water flowing, you've got a muddy mess. It's just, it, it, it's called a flood. Okay? If water's just, you call it Katrina, you know? But if you have a riverbed just by itself, it's like a road. I don't know what they call that, a dried up riverbed. Okay? But what makes the river is you have the riverbed and you have the water flowing through it. Okay? If the riverbed is taken away, you've got water out of control. If the water's taken away, you've got a dry rock. Okay? The Christian life is a lot like that. Okay? Because there's people out there trying to find some spirituality, but they've got no riverbanks called the Word of God. And if you take away the Word of God and people are just out there trying to find their spirituality, man, it's just a flood. It's just a mess. It has no context. It has no substance. It has no end. But man, when we begin to bring back in the riverbanks of the Word of God, now our life flows through the Word of God, creating this river. Because if not, we have all these experiences and we like, you know, we think God's in the doorknob. Oh my gosh, you feel that? What? The doorknob's warm. What's that mean? God's trying to speak to me. Yeah, he's calling you a doorknob. No, I'm just kidding. Okay? You just have some, some mystical weirdness, Okay? But man, you bring the word of God. That's why you've got to know the playbook. That's why you, so now your life runs through this and now you can bring your experiences into context and it creates this awesome river. Are you with me? Okay. That's why we've got to read this. That's why we've got to know this. Spirituality at its simplest form is just a relationship with God. How do I do that? Right here, know the playbook. Talk to him called prayer. Spirituality. But we complicate it. There's got to be more. I mean, there's got to be. I mean, if I come and set up these chairs, am I more spiritual? No, but I like you. <laughs> I'll pat you on the back and say thank you, you know? If, if well, we, we, need to, we need to go minister to people, yes, we do, absolutely, okay? But that, that ministering to people must first and foremost come out of a relationship with him. If not, it becomes works, and you think you can work for a relationship with God. No, my work comes out of my relationship. My relationship does not come out of my work. The things I do for my wife, it's not because I want a relationship with her. I have a relationship with her, so I want to do these things for my wife. Are you with me? And so spirituality, man, it's just a relationship. We've got to understand that, but we complicate it. We do all these things to try to get, to try to get God and try to find Jesus. Try to find Jesus. You know, you really don't have to look that far. Acts chapter 17 says, guess what, guys? God is near you. He's not far from you. He's, he's right next to you. 
Right? There, was a, there was a baptism service, and this pastor was down at the, at the river, and he was, he was baptizing people. And all of a sudden, this guy stumbles over drunk, looks at them, goes into the river next to the pastor, stands next to the pastor, and the pastor looks at him and sees, knows it's the town drunk. Says, hey, hey, are you ready to find Jesus? I don't know, i just throw that in there, okay? The drunk's like, yeah, I'm ready to find Jesus. That's how drunk people talk, okay? I'm ready to find Jesus. All right, get ready. Comes, he dunks him under, and he pulls him up, and he says, did you find Jesus? And he's like, no, I ain't found Jesus. Pastor's like, holds him down a little longer, pulls him up, and says, did you find Jesus? Drunk's like, no, I ain't found Jesus. I ain't found Jesus. And pastor dunks him and holds him like 30 seconds, pulls him up, and says, did you find Jesus? The drunk guy goes, are you sure this is where you lost him? See, we're, we're looking for Jesus in all, all the wrong places. We don't need to do things. We need to stop for a minute and stop doing some things and just sit at his feet. It's a great story in the Bible, Luke chapter 10, 38-42, about a woman named Martha and a woman named Mary. The Bible says that Jesus comes to their house and upon coming to the house, Martha, man, she just has, she knows how to live life in the red zone. <laughs> so the Bible says she goes about and she starts doing all these things. And she's pulling steaks out of the freezer, throwing them on the barbecue. Hmm. Lunchtime's almost here. She's cleaning really quickly, you know, and, you know, shoving all the stuff in that one spare room. <laughs> I wish I had that room again. And she's cleaning up, and she's running around frantic, doing all these things. And, and Mary, though, she goes over, and she sits at the feet of Jesus. She's sitting there. Now Martha's running around doing all this stuff, man, keeping busy and doing all this stuff. And then the Bible says that Martha actually comes over and is a little bit upset with Mary. Says, hey, Jesus, could you tell her to get off her rear and, and help me out with some stuff over here? I'm, I'm running around doing all these things. But guess what Jesus does? Jesus says, Martha, Martha, Martha. It's on the Brady Bunch. Okay. Martha, you, you, are, you are worried about so many things. But Mary has chose the better part. Mary's chose to sit and have a relationship with me. To get to know me. To, to, to allow me to speak to her. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we, we listen to me this morning. We, we, we cannot, we cannot, because I believe that the most, most powerful tool to change culture is a life that's full of Jesus Christ. The most powerful tool we have here on earth is you in love with Jesus, empowered by his grace, out, 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 telling people about that is the thing that will change culture. Because at the end of the day, look, all of our first Sunday things we do, which we're going to continue to do, them, all, the, all the outreaches and, and even the services here, listen to me, if the end result is not a relationship with God, if the end result is not a deeper relationship with God. See, some of us come in and we're Christ followers, and this is what a Christ follower does. We come and we do church. Listen to me, you're thinking about it wrong. We don't do church. We come here because the Bible says, don't forsake the gathering of the saints together. 
there. Why does it say that? Because the Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so you sharpen the person sitting next to you. If you do not come to this, if you are not in, I don't mean urban, I mean church gatherings in general, if you are not in the word of God, you become a bankless river that ends up in a flood. And the end of the day, it's not about what we do. It's about when I came here. And listen, I'm talking to leaders. I'm talking to people that are Christ followers. I'm talking to those that maybe you don't know Jesus yet. At the end of this service, if you did not come in contact with God in a greater way, then we missed it. Spirituality is not us fulfilling a duty of a Sunday morning routine. You know what that is? Think about it now. Think about the, uh, the, uh, what did we just watch? The Super Bowl. Those guys did not just roll out of bed one day and, okay, we're in the Super Bowl. Hut, hut, hike. No. It came from preparation upon preparation. They practiced on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday. Guess what? It was game day. And if you don't do that, you become what we call a weekend warrior. I just, you know, hey, let's get together and play some football. Okay. And exercise it all throughout the week. You show up on Saturday and play for 30 minutes, and the next day you're walking around like this. Wow, man. Why is that? Because you're out of shape. You have an exercise. Paul said this. We've got to do this. We have got to train our bodies like athletes. Everything we do has purpose. An athlete does not train on game day. He trains throughout the week. We have got to get to that place, living life in the red zone. We understand a relationship. I mean, think of me and my wife just went on a date once a month, and we didn't talk the other 29 days. Ready for date night? All right, let's go. That's going to be a pretty unfulfilled date all the way around. (laughs) No, we're in constant communication. We're in constant relationship. Spirituality is not this spirituality is me connecting with Jesus. This is game day. This is where we come and we gather and we sharpen one another. Man, hopefully, man, we bring a friend and man, hopefully they discover Jesus Christ, but listen to me. Hopefully you walk out of here with a greater love and a greater desire for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You say, Ben, why is church so essential? Well, why, why is a realtor so essential? When you go, when you go buy a home, you don't just leave it to chance. What do you do? You go get a professional. Hey, could you help me find a home? Hmm. Why is a bank so essential? Why is a doctor so essential? I mean, when you get sick, man, there might be a couple days where you just, I'm just going to fight through it. And, and you get, if, you don't, if you don't get better, what do you do? You go to a professional. Okay? I've been going to professional for my back for six months now, and I got eight weeks of absolutely no pain, and I'm really stoked about that. I tried, to, I tried to get over it myself for eight weeks. It got worse and worse, and I went to professional. They discovered what's wrong, and they put me on a path to get better. But the only way that path worked is if I did what he told me to do. Why do we entrust our bodies? Why do we entrust our, uh, let's find a home, and we don't do it on our own, but we'll, hey, come on, realtor. Come on, doctor. Why do we trust our soul to doctors, psychologists? Help me. Yet when it comes to our spiritual state, we just leave it to chance. I'm just, just going to find a path. I'll, 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 man, I'll get to church when I can. You don't do that with your body. If you're in pain, where do you go? I'm getting to the doctor. I, mean, I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I don't know how I'm going to afford it. 
okay? But I need, I need some help. But with our spiritual walk, we just, oh, it'll, it'll all pan out. Only way it works is if we take what we hear, we apply it to our life. This is not just for the sinner. This is for you and I. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you today. God, we thank you for who you are. Do me a favor. Just close your eyes for a minute. This is, this is it right here. This is, this is what they do in the locker room right here. Close your eyes. Come on, let's, let's think about the win. Visualize the win. I just want you to take a minute right now as you're sitting there, and I want you to think about where you're at spiritually. Where are you at with God? I know you took time to prepare your body. You look beautiful today. And I know that maybe there's some stresses in life, and so, the man, the emotions are kicking in, but, 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 but is this the only time this week that you've thought about your spirituality? Don't leave it to chance. Don't leave it to chance. Don't leave it to chance. Get plugged in. Begin to grow. Begin to grow. Because every day, you're one step closer to eternity. And every day, you're one step further away from what you see in the mirror. Hallelujah. As your eyes are closed, I just want to pray for you. Lord, I thank you for every person in this place. God, I pray that, Lord, we would take this message, and God, it wouldn't be resolved here this morning as we sit in these chairs, but God, it would be something that we think about and wrestle with throughout the week. God, it would be something that challenges us and encourages us all, all at the same time. That, Lord, when we leave this place tomorrow morning, when we wake up, we would, we would, we would seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and Everything else is going to work out. God, let us not leave our spiritual state to chance. But God, let us live life in the red zone when it comes to spirituality. Let us prepare. God, let us do all we can to be in relationship with you.